1: In episode the uh, We've waited a long time for this. I'm going to go through the head head record, talk about how the teams might line up, give some predictions for the game, and then dissect it all after the point. So, wow, it's a massive game. Football's back. Fans are back. They've sent us to that place. Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Weather's going to be okay. Three thousand Leeds fans. Bit of a chat around who's going. So in terms of the fixture, we played 98 times, they've won 47, we've won 26, drawn 36. It's been a long time since we've had an away win in the top flight there, but obviously the most memorable victory there was last time out for us, January 3rd, 2010. Bit of a hard day to forget that one. Something happened. Oh yeah, there were 10,000 of us watching Jermaine Beckford score. Amazing. In terms of team news, so Junior Furpo is likely to be available will he play though we had a chat the other day in our pre-season preview and i don't think it was a pre-season preview it was a season preview and to just because of the lack of game time he said i i think he could still go for dallas to be honest with you interested to see whether or not he starts with calvin phillips we shall see check out uh, on the social we've started a fantasy football league again for this year get involved we won't do very well there you go, that's a beauty of fantasy football. Normally we like to have a bit of a chat I I go on the opposition forums. I felt really... Ooh, going on Red Cafe. Oh, I did it though. and This is what he said. Uh, this guy said, bring on James Sancho, Delott, and Fred to overwhelm them with work rate and pace when Leeds are tired. I hope Varane starts, although I might be too optimistic here. Can't wait for us to get going. I thought, well, you haven't even signed Varane yet as far as I'm aware. They're going to overwhelm us with work rate and pace. Now... We got overwhelmed by something last time we went there, but it's never going to be work, right? And it's never going to be when we're tired. Shows what you know. But probably the best comment was someone put first real test of the season and had a little chuckle. Then I thought, oh, now I've chuckled at something in Manchester United fans said. Oh, well, is this a good time to play them? Well, it's the time we are playing them. Therefore, it's a good time to play them. I know that Solskjaer said in the week that that he sees the first three games before the uh, international games as a continuation of pre-season. Maybe that's why they've not done very well in the past. So these first few games are part of their pre-season, even though it's in the season. What a mentality. Thanks, as always, to El Loco jo for providing us with the referee details. She says, we're back, we're back, boys and girls and women and men and dogs and cats and anyone who's interested. The referee for the away game is Wigan supporter Paul Tierney, the Lancashire, Lancashire ref, oh, not sure about that last took charge of Leeds last season for our wave wins at Sheffield United and Villa. Come on, Mr Tierney. We'll have another one of them. Prediction time? Well, it's just me predicting today, but obviously I might have a bit, I might have a bit of a chat if I can find anyone sensible and sober enough to see what people think. I would I'd snap your hands off for, for a draw. One all. But we proved ourselves in that nil-nil after the 6-2. We're not all gung-ho and we can reflect on things and we can improve and I think Marcelo said that beautifully during the week that you know we we showed in the second half of the season that we did reflect on those things that didn't go as well yeah I think a draw would be a very positive start another big result against a, a super six super league team but to go there and get something I think today is going to be all about the atmosphere you know it's and and getting back into grounds and I hope everyone's sensible behaves themselves and just enjoys the occasion. It's going to be a lot of people there. I think the Manchester police are, are, are appearing to be incredibly welcoming to us. So let's go enjoy something that people haven't been able to do for eighteen months. That's a Leeds United away fixture. People getting back on the coaches, getting back on the train, going with the friends, getting over. It's it's going to be hopefully a great day, regardless. But you know the result would be big time cherry. I don't want a cherry do you because they're red Um, what's white and nice I don't know, white chocolate anyways I'm going to give you a word before this excited, I'm excited that football's back, I'm excited to be going to the ground can't wait to get going and hopefully be able to bring you some (laughs) interesting great reflection on something with Jimbo after the point enjoy it Right, well, we're back, and uh, uh, that did not go as we had hoped prior to this game. It was Um, shit. James, straight with the off-colour remarks. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try and be the optimist in this second half.
0: Oh, don't do this. I I I appreciate your optimism. It's good, but you also have to be level and give it exactly how it happened as well.
1: Okay, this is level. We got battered in about 20 minutes, like as in dunked in the deep fat fryer and absolutely done to a crisp with scraps on the side as well. It was that deep of a battering. It was like a deep battered Mars bar rolled in kebab meat and then battered again. And that unhealthy for you as well. That's how battered we got. And it was horrible. And there were so many of them. It was just filth. So there you go.
0: Where does where does Luke Aylin's absolute bullet fit into that? Was that the, I don't know, cherry Coke just to wash it all down?
1: Do you know, I loved it, obviously. And that actually, yeah, it probably is because that meant that there was something on Saturday to enjoy. And maybe some people would think that the hope made it shortly. They were right. People had a right argument on the bus. They, someone believed, you can hear this out as a theory, that that, because we scored that worldie right in front of the Leeds fans with your mates and that they got so wrapped up in that they couldn't concentrate in that next period of time. Like The whole overwhelming experience of everyone being back and everyone being together and scoring that goal and being a Premier League goal for Luke Aylin and everything just meant that their heads had gone and they weren't professional in the next few minutes and that's how we got done. What do you think?
0: What do I think to what?
1: That theory. (laughs) That it was the fact it was just they were just overwhelmed by it by the equalizer. We lost out by our own equalizer.
0: Uh, Yeah, they switched off like immediately after it, didn't they? It was kind of like everything had bubbled to that point, and that was the really disappointing thing because we were we were back in it. We were literally back in the game from from kind of keeping them at bay for most of the first half. And uh, yeah, it was just disappointing, disappointing because you especially after last season because you think well we've come on so much we grew into. Last season, and our defensive record was brilliant in the latter part. And then to go back to Old Trafford and suffer a similar fate is just, uh, just gutting, really. I mean, I've heard a variety
1: of theories. Here's another one: Bielsa deliberately played that team, knowing that they would get turned over like that, so that it made it clear to his superiors what was needed in the transfer window, because it was a free hit, because it was essentially
0: pre-season. Hmm, yeah, nice theory, but surely you'd just say I need some more players and they respect him enough to say, "Okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll go out and sign them for you." If they if they were if they're willing to put, you know, spend a couple of million on pitches, then I'm sure they'd be uh, satisfied with I need another cent- central midfielder, I need another winger, whatever it is. Okay, next theory. If at 1-1 we'd
1: brought Phillips on, then we would have gone on to win the game.
0: Well, we'll never know, will we? That's pretty boring. Okay.
1: Why these are questions as much as theories. Why can Shaw and Maguire play the full game and
0: Calvin Phillips, who plays in the fittest team in the division, not feature? I, to be honest, yeah, going back to your other point, I think Phillips would have made a difference for us because we felt very unsure with Cock in there. I don't know. <coughs> there, there was a few, well, there was a lot of passes that seemed to go astray from him in particular that philip's been in that role would we would have benefited but i don't know and and yeah an answer to your question around them playing and philip's not Well, there's been some mild rumors that he's overweight since coming back or above his weight for uh Bielsa standard and i don't know believe that if you will i don't know I but, read
1: that, that he came back five kilos overweight
0: five kilos
1: that's a lot it isn't it isn't it's like basically one night out he went on a holiday.
0: Yeah, but five kilos, I mean, you know. If his regime
1: some... was different at England and his diet in any way was different at England, it's not unfeasible that across the time that he was not there that he could put five kilos mm.
0: on. He might just be constipated. Maybe he needs some more fibre in his diet. Potentially. Gave him some prunes. Someone send him some prunes and he'll be all right.
1: Did Rashford and Sancho let their country down?
0: Um, yes.
1: Is it fine to sing about it?
0: Yeah, of course it is. I mean, I, I saw obviously a few things on Twitter. I mean, it is you know like the lines of banter are always fine, and you have to be careful. But that is a fine banterous line to cross because it's topical and it's funny. You know, I don't think a lot of people actually think and mean it, but it's it's a funny chant.
1: I think it had started doing the rounds already before we before we got off the bus, so it must have. Don't know where it started, but it was big time. Or at the ground in the concourse. On the bus, someone started singing it as well, one. Can't sing that; it's racist. It's all oh, it's it racist, you idiot? We sung it about Stuart Pearce. We sung it about Chris Waddle. Was it racist then? Like, oh yeah. So it, it, I think it's more of a question on society, whereby, like, it's just what football fans do. They make fun of opposition players, regardless of who they are, in whatever circumstance. And it's more laughing at yourself because if you don't realise that it's funny to just say it rather than that you actually mean it with any degree of hatred. I'll tell you, Rio Ferdinand got a lot of abuse. I don't know if this has been covered anyway. He got a ton of abuse afterwards. So basically, despite the uh, press release that went out from the Great Manchester Police saying that they were going to be very welcoming and that there was no plans to hold anyone in after the game, that was a lie because we were in for like 40 minutes. And Leeds midfield still hadn't turned up by the end of that. But actually, they did. Galvin went for his little run out and everyone had, all the subs had a little warm down. But BT Sport were doing their stuff and Rio were was uh Rio Ferdinand was doing doing that. And I think that they, they thought they weren't going to be able to go to broadcast because you've got three thousand Leeds fans singing, Rio, you're a something horrible. Uh really and he turned around and, and he did this really weird wavy to the rest of the stadium gesture. It's like I don't know what you're doing. You, man's an idiot. And then it got a bit more personal, and there was I'd like that's the point that you stood there, and I'm I was aware of the Munich chance as well, and I wasn't aware of the Turkish flags, although I was told about it quite soon afterwards. And I do I don't like being associated with any of that kind of stuff. It makes your skin crawl, to be honest. That that, that was just a, a rant about essentially. I know people feel that you've got. degree of freedom of speech and but and I I just think some people use this hateful speech with a a, thinking they've got a bit of a cloak of anonymity because you're in a crowd of people doing it and they don't if you're going to chant hateful things it's going to get clamped down on so you've got to decide what you're really there for.
0: Yeah it's a good point and it's hard because uh, you you sort of retaliating against someone who's premeditated the idea of taking the Turkish flag to a ground you know that's that's provocative in itself Mm-hmm. and it's hard especially you know i'm not i'm not saying you know it's the right thing to do but loads of people there have had a skin full they see a turkish flag they'll retaliate with a chant and yeah and i and i get why they've done it but i'm with you i, I wouldn't choose to be a part of that really it's just i think both sides of it are pretty sick
1: i'm going to tell you something else again and i'm gonna try and spin this into a leads thing so it doesn't just like a a bitterness thing i've got an associate who goes to Old Trafford as a season ticket holder. They've been going a long time, and they've said to me recently, and and I guess if you're not paying attention to them, or we weren't in the same division, didn't really care. Just how it's become. It's almost like a tourist attraction, as in like a genuine Disneyland style thing, where you go to Disneyland, you take the kids, you go to the gift shop, you buy the stuff, and it was so evident. Like everyone had, and I, I know I bought the kit. I bought my daughter the kit, but. Sancho 25 printed on the back of them all got, and then bags full of a variety of kit. And it's it's such a, a day-tripping experience for a lot of people to go there. And it's so big. So when Angus was talking about expanding to 60,000, we've obviously got a guest list of people, no, guest list, a waiting list of people who want a season ticket, etc there's a, I think there's a huge debate about where the club is. Could be going where it needs to go and where people really want it to in terms of commercialism, because having seen us in League One, having been to Nezbetan and other things, it's it's like it, it is a totally
0: different sport to what they're doing. You that is like purely cashing in on the wider market, isn't it? You know, you're not just serving a loyal fan base; you're serving the idea of multiple thousands, probably millions of people. And a Porsche of at some point coming to the ground and spending a big wad of cash.
1: What what this guy was saying to us that they, they don't... Essentially, if they could get rid of season tickets, they would, because what they want is the fan that comes up on that day for a game experience and goes and buys all the stuff there. The season ticket holders essentially almost cost them money because they pay a small amount and spread it over the full season rather than all those individuals like rake up a huge amount of cash. And it's the same, I guess... Ellen Road, we go. You go, I want to every club, but if you're going 20 18 times a year, how many times do you visit the uh club shop? If they're relying on a certain proportion of people, they'll always rely on a certain pro- proportion of people to be able to go and do that and bring in that extra match day revenue.
0: I think you've stumbled on the reason why Derby County have uh cancelled all season tickets and aren't selling them this year. It's not because they might be uh, allegedly be in danger of going into liquidation, it's because they're trying to cater for the multiple thousands of people that want a day trip to Derby and buy some merch with Rooney on the back of it.
1: Derby are an entirely different kettle of fish, but I guess there is only I mean, Barcelona at one point three five billion in debt they announced today. I've, maybe I've gone on a lengthy rant about the issues in football, modern football, to avoid the fact of talking about how we got absolutely, like the party <laughs> at the just open and they just went, it's like Strike basically went to, hey, Greenwood, just do me on the outside and if you want to put it to the other side of the goal, go for it. And then uh, my, my my mother-in-law messaged me after the game saying, hi Paul, they've just said on telly that Pogba got three assists all season last year but he's got four in one game today do you think bielsa didn't prepare for this and that's why it happened?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just what you want to hear isn't it i know
1: she said as long as you're safe though that's all i was like despite the fact that a lot of the tourists had turned up to the edge of the police perimeter there was a perimeter that marched you down to the buses it was it was probably the safest way and an way fan to travel to the game in many respects.
0: Mother-in-laws, they're difficult to respond to at the best of times, aren't they? I just said, see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you think, um, back to the actual game, where do you think the problems were? Obviously, like, midfield went absolutely missing. Do you think it was a collective thing, like Bielsa said? You know, there's collective issues all over or was it particularly in individuals? Is it something that does or doesn't work? I cursed it because we equalised,
1: I said, look, he's." it may even be just before we equalised, but I felt that taking Rodrigo off, who, again, who am I to question the wisdom of Marcelo Bielsa? But in in my opinion, in that game we went to at Blackburn, he just just wasn't involved in that kind of a role. I know it wasn't exactly the same then, but when he's, he, he just wasn't involved. And it felt that, the cock rodrigo partnership wasn't doing anything it. it was certainly ineffective so i cursed it by saying he's brought dallas on into that position he's fixed it we're fine
0: you could you could think couldn't you rodrigo just doesn't work in that position and you'd be forgiven just on the basis of that one game but actually when you look back to the blackburn game and you think about that that's the sort of game where if you if you tested him out in that position that there's there's plenty of opportunity to prove himself there against a championship side. And like you say, there was nothing coming from him. He didn't create anything. He didn't he didn't bring anything to the game. And and I don't know how long Bielsa's going to kind of go on trying it. And, I you know, who am I to question Bielsa? It might be that actually the next game he comes alive and then we were all wrong and there's the Bielsa Masterstroke. But right now it doesn't really feel like that's going to happen.
1: I think he'll. Only, I don't even know if he'll get another game at it. I think he'll put, and this will just wind everyone up further. Tyler Roberts will play there, mm. um, and I think Tyler Roberts has had pockets of joy in that position. Um, so you've got to watch out <laughs> the, the Tyler Roberts haters. There's a point the other day when, in the second half, I was like. When Rafinha was sort of, sort of struggling, really, and I was like, "He's going to bring Helder Costa on, and everyone's <laughs> going to hate it." And the Gannics were like, "No, no, like Costa's coming." I was like, "Here we go." And yeah, Costa and Roberts seem to be scapegoats, but equally, like, we're not getting the most out of cock at the moment in that position. We know that Phillips will come in, but we we need to have we need to know that it doesn't feel like an automatic turnover if if Phillips isn't playing there. And I know statistically that didn't happen last year, but we, we were just overwhelmed.
0: Well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? If, if Phillips comes back in and that temporary, well, not temporarily, but it solves a problem, but then it does make you think, well, what do we do if Phillips is out? What do we do if he's got a shoulder injury? What else have we got? The thing that annoyed me the most about the game on Saturday wasn't anything any of their
1: players did or any of our players did or any of the fans. It was the referee. He did the thing that I hate the most, which was when the ball went, over presumably over the line because he's got a watch that tells you he did that thing when he stood still and then swung his arm around like it was the best thing in the world that like i was like he, like a yes. discus throw yeah exactly because he knew all eyes are on him and it was his little moment to uh, to do it and but that annoyed me in itself because i'm like if someone's on the line how are we not keeping it out and then we benefited what well, not benefited with the opposite of that we were on the opposite end of the benefit um, to the changes in the VIR decisions because I think they would have had an offside, a goal for offside, and we probably would have had a penalty. Although from where I was, it was right in front of me. I was like, Tyler Roberts has literally just fallen over. That's why I not a penalty. But I think he was caught, and last year would have been a penalty.
0: So 4-3 that could have been. Totally different game. How do you feel about you know, the game coming up against Everton, do you think it's a, a must win? Or do you think do you think they'll improve? Do you think it'll be better than what they were against Man United? Is it a bit of us improving and a little bit of them being an easier opponent to, to Man United? What do you think? I think the, the expectation has got to be high. Obviously, you don't want
1: to start with a brace of defeats. But these next two games, people, because of last season, expectations really high. I saw a I can't even remember where I saw it, so a graphic football teams, football fans hopes. It, it was something weird. It was how fans perceive their success at the moment. And Leeds was like eight percent. We were lower than Manchester City, but we were we were about fourth or fifth, as in happiness with how your club's doing. That's a long-winded way of that's what I was trying to say. And Man United fans were like on eight percent, like second bottom, and and Newcastle were four percent the very bottom, that they're, they're happy with how things are going. So I thought, wow, I mean it just shows how high expectations are that you come in. We have a great season when you couldn't go. And then now we're like, yeah, ninth isn't good enough. It's got to be higher. So what do we expect? Yeah, the actual game itself, we always know that a Bielsa team has responded. We know that with an extra week, it's like, I don't know, he's stubborn, but I would like to see Phillips starting. I would really like to see Phillips starting. I hope Lorente's not too far away because taking Phillips and Lorente out of our team is a massive deal to us. It really makes a difference. So with a little, might not even need a tweak in personnel, but with hopefully with a little tweak in that personnel, another week's fitness, another week's training, um, and a slightly different beast of an opponent,
0: I'm confident that the result will be better than Saturday's. How do you feel? I feel better about it than I did straight after the game. I was kind of nervous about it. I think you're right. Like it is tweaks, and Diego Llorente is a massive miss for us because when you look back to the championship, if you took Ben White out of that team after witnessing a few games of him play, you would be worried that he wasn't playing. He was so important to us defensively and attacking, and Diego Llorente is that for us now. And and it does make me nervous that Phillips might not be playing, and Llorente isn't there, or could you know might not be there. Yeah, I think we need we think we need a few things to fall in place until I start feeling comfortable again. I didn't expect him to start Firpo the other day. It, it didn't feel like
1: like you know how it's just spotting patterns of how Bielsa operates, which is why I think he might give Phillips another week. But Firpo having come on, it
0: could be that we start with the set team that started the second half. It makes you think as well. Like, does. How does he feel about Furpo? What we don't know is, you know, he obviously rates him as a footballer, but Bielsa takes a lot of things into consideration when selecting a player and, you know, maybe he hasn't done his round of picking up litter at Thor Parch yet. He hasn't been humbled the Bielsa way. Therefore, he's not ready. You never know. I just don't think Furpo
1: with his injury, I don't think he got enough minutes in pre-season yeah. to justify starting last week, which is why I thought that, we, he would start exactly how he did. Can,
0: can we just go with the he's not picked enough later up around four parts yet theory?
1: You dismissed all those other theories. So I'm going to go <laughs> with yes, you can have it. That's Thank what's you. happened.
0: Gets in a good shift
1: this week. Maybe he'll get, get his name on the team sheet. What we'll say going back to Saturday as a kind of starting to wrap up and, and, and whatnot. And this is what I think the Leeds fans are looking forward to most this weekend getting back the result. I could see that if you'd watched it on the telly or hadn't been able to go for whatever reason or listened on the radio, the result in isolation and the game was very disappointing. But as someone who was fortunate enough to, to go and for the people who get to go to Burnley and all the other away games, those people getting back that routine and meeting up with their branch members and the sports clubs or whatever it is that you do and going and being a part of it in a real and meaningful way again, there were people who hadn't seen each other for... 18 months and you're seeing these things it was nice and that's what i'm excited about about saturday is parking up having that walk down being in the pavilion if it's not still a vaccination center so if i'm just thinking out loud now so we're gonna to have to go foster's phantom, <laughs> which is dreadful um but seeing them people that you haven't seen and getting the sights and the smells even the rank smells if i can smell again it that's what it's about. The game is secondary. The game's going to have to become primary to it soon. But the moment, it's the experience. Let's see how many we can get for a cold August night against Crew. That's going to be an interesting one. Who actually cares to buy a Crew ticket? All these people moaning you can't watch Leeds United. There's your chance, maybe. Are you going to go?
0: To Crew? Uh, yeah, I think I might go. I think
1: he might. I think I might know Matthew you're, will. You're not going.
0: Are you not letting me? <laughs> You've already said you're not going. I am. I thought. You, oh, I thought you said you were going on holiday, but no. you are going on holiday. You're going on holiday to watch Leeds United. I can't go to Burnley. I don't want to pass up the opportunity to go watch Leeds in the flesh. It's been few and far between. So right. Well, what's your what's your final word about that? Uh, do we need to do a man of the match? Do you have a man of the match? Stuart Dallas? just for being dragged into every possible position in the same game and still being able to function as a human being after it. I'm going Luke Hayley just for his goal because it gave me the
1: only moment of joy I had on Saturday in the ground.
0: It was a good goal. It still was a
1: very good goal. It was a great goal at the time when you saw it and I was like, because I felt that he just kind of taken a bit of a heavy touch and swung a leg at it and maybe he did but then...
0: When I've seen the Reaper back, I didn't realise quite how far out it was. It was brilliant. It was a toned-down air guitar celebration as well, wasn't it? A little knee yeah. slide. That was... I mean, and obviously that was right in the corner that we were at. So, yeah, I'm going to pretend that
1: Saturday finished there. It was a one-all draw. It was a beautiful thing. And Luke Aylin deserves his man of the match for that equaliser. I'm deluded. Uh, what's your word, then?
0: Deluded. Yeah. <laughs> um Peace. I'm at peace with that now. We just move on from it. So, <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's not a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, but, but but it did. It felt it like be with you. It felt like I, I needed some sort of peace after it. You know, I was I was at my brother in law's, and he uh, and it's he a bad omen. Yeah, he is a bad omen actually. And and we watched it, and it was horrendous. And you know, in the seventieth minute, I wanted to turn the TV off, and I was so upset. Um, but peace as rolled over me now and i'm just looking forward to everything that you said getting back to ellen road and i i I can't wait to walk down lowfields road and do the usual route looking and you can get pie and peace pie and peace it's on offer you can buy it with lufc coin oh god that's another angle my word is
1: back I'm glad to be back. I can't wait to get back on Saturday and I'm glad I've seen the backer last Saturday. I'm done with it. If you have listened to try it, I hope we have brought you some peace. <laughs> I hope you've managed to put it to bed and uh, let's all have a better time in these next few games. Peace be with you. network.